we're back. Another episode of the AFLW Fantasy Pod. We're here with me, Michael, your host, the important one. I guess we've got the other bloke here too, Bainey. Bainey, how are you going? Valentine's Michael, how are you? Yeah, good. Today, our special guest, Josh Porter, coach of Porter's Lines. Uh, he is currently sitting third in the AFLW Fantasy Comp. A lot better than me and Bainey. Josh, how are you going? Gentlemen, well, you? Yes, fantastic. So, third, how's it feel? Uh, that was good. I think it's, um, I don't know about you guys, but really loving AFLW Fantasy. I think um, I only really signed up a team at the last minute. Definitely wasn't expecting to be, you know, fighting for the top. But um, I heard Selby mention it in your last podcast. It's really got kind of you thinking about watching women's football a lot more, just the, the yep. fantasy aspect of it. So, no, really, really enjoying it. Um, the system was a lot better than what I expected it to be. Um, but, yeah. Really, really enjoying it. Yep. And how have you found the actual the season itself? Like, are you you watching? Because I don't know if you watched much footy, before, uh, women's footy before this, but are you finding yourself like with a men's game, watching every match, watching every match that's got your players? Or yeah, I, I think probably what's best for the uh, the women's footy this season is I kind of watched a fair bit from the start, and probably what's been most enjoyable is the actual standard of the footy has improved massively. So. I don't know if you guys remember the first season. It was basically rolling rolling malls the whole way. You know, don't want to be too objective, but it wasn't pretty to watch where, you know, you kind of watch an AFLW game now and it's actually really good to watch. And, you know, the skills have gotten so much better where, you know, um, I'm a Brisbane fan and watching the Brisbane-St. Kilda match on the weekend, you kind of – I kind of found, found that kind of nervous energy you have watching a men's game. So, nice. um, no, very, very good. Yep. And uh, with your team specifically, you've managed to get to third. Have you been, like, taking across the men the way you do the men's comp or have you done it really differently? Obviously, you've got three trades and only 16 on field. So how have you approached that? Um, so new strategy, I think, um, and it's going to be interesting because I think with the men's fantasy, you're going to have to do something similar. Um, but just with the COVID impact, you just have to kind of be willing to throw your money around. So, for example, um, we've had Bowers obviously get suspended for two games. And um, I don't know if, about you guys, but you can't sit on that type of money in, in AFLW. Yep. You've got to move on pretty quickly. So yep. um, I kind of went a little bit of a different strategy early on instead of kind of doing your, your standard premium rook strategy as you probably would do in the men's. Try yep. to really balance it with your mid-range okay. players as much as possible. Yeah. Um, which has helped. But, um, yeah, probably the big change for me is you just have to be willing to adapt and be flexible and, and trade out those big guns really quickly. Josh, can you tell us about the season so far? When did you start to rise up the rankings? You know, what, what rank were you in, in round one, round two? And how did you get to, to top three by, by round five, round six? Yeah, so I had a pretty poor start, actually. So I think I was pretty much uh, about 300 after round yeah. one. So it didn't look a great start. Um, round two, I think I finished second. Um, okay. Round three, I think I finished third. Um, and wow. then pretty much ever since from then, I've gone about mid or early 20s. So yeah. not a great trend moving towards yet back end of the season. Um, yeah. I don't think I had the most expensive team in terms of value compared to other, others because I've kind of chased those COVID averages more than others. But um, okay. yeah. Poor start, good in between, and then fading late. <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. so the uh, the averages you've been chasing, you're talking players like cutting, 
Cutting. Uh, so Cutting was the big one, kind of settling her the whole time. Um, O'Dwyer was one I didn't start with, but chased her after round two. Yeah. Um, they're probably the big two that I've been sitting on pretty much the whole season. And um, can I ask, uh, it's different to the men's game. In the men's game, there's lots of stats. You can see how many players have, uh, you know, how many users have traded in a specific player, traded out. In this, there's, there's far less stats. Uh, if I'm not wrong, you can't even see the teams of, of, the, of the, the, you know, the users ranked around you. So how have you been able to sort of navigate your way around all that? I think probably the biggest positive with AFL fan, W Fantasy is that you don't have that. I think yeah, okay. if you look at the men's league, for example, you get those vanilla sides. You know, Selby will put out his side, you know, the Morris Magic page, and everyone will copy that. Or you got the traders, and everyone will copy those sides. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, uh, media out there these days that pretty much 90% of the sides are the same. And you yeah. just kind of trigger it where, yeah. you know, you kind of look at AFLW and you know, you have that advantage of essentially being a week ahead because no one can see that. So, yep. you know, an example I have is um, Mooming Hill. So I brought in Mooming Hill this week um, and I'm fully expecting everybody in the comp to bring her in this week. Yes. And and the joys with AFL fan at W Fantasy is that you can have the luxury of being a week ahead of everyone yep. else. So yep. I've got someone else in mind that I'll bring in this week that um, I probably won't mention on the pod. But, um, <laughs> well, there is probably somebody... Clearly in the forward line that I would 100% be bringing in that I fully expect 100% of teams to be bringing in the next week. Well, I apologise if she's one of the girls that I've got listed as someone to talk about today because she if she very well might be. I think I have a feeling I might be someone that played against your Lions on the weekend, but uh, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Um, Josh, a few more questions on, on um, the, the season so far. Oh, we... we... I mean, to, um, to, to not give away your strategy in the last four rounds, let's look back. Any key players that you had uh, from rounds one to five that sort of set you apart from the others? Any point of difference players that not many had, low ownerships? Yeah, so probably a couple. So I've, I've probably got um, my cha- team's actually changed a fair bit where I don't really, I actually only have about five still remaining. So yeah. Um, I, I didn't start with Hatchard. I've only recently yeah. brought her in recently. Um, yeah. Marinoff I started with. Um, oh. So Marinoff, Prosparkus and Rowbottom um, were yeah. the three that I brought in in the midfield that are still there at the moment. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest one that I started off with the start that absolutely everyone has now is Bahana. So I started yeah. with Bahana from the very start um, and she's been on field from the start, which is yeah. fantastic. Um, and then probably the, the two big ones now that are actually starting to to really help, or three. So Swanson I started with in round one and jumped yeah. off of her on round two when she had COVID and then brought yeah. her back in straight away, uh, which is good. But probably the two big ones that are actually helping me now is um, Slicer. So Slicer I brought in at the start, yes. didn't trade, yeah. but is yeah. starting to average, you know, those mid-60s to 70s now, which is really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and the other one would be O'Sullivan. So um, Gabby O'Sullivan, I brought in at the start, had her, had her at the start, um, was wow. averaging low 60s, which was fantastic. But with obviously with Bowers out, she's now averaged pretty much 100 the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how such small differences have made like such a difference to the, the, the rankings at the moment. So I, as I started the year around 60-odd, um, and I'm currently a bit, bit out from that, 100, 100-odd at the moment. But like I... I started with Bahana on field as well. I mean, I, was, I think I've spoken about her every 
podcast, but once she got her 10 on field for me, I flicked her, uh, which was obviously in hindsight a mistake. Um, and you've kept her and that's been huge. I started with Swanson, got rid of her when she was suspended, the same as you, but then uh, didn't bring her back because I felt that she was fully priced and I was looking for some value. Uh, it's funny how just these two or three little differences, even though they had very similar starting teams, um, is yeah. like such a difference in rank. And that's a similar for me with Hanks as well. So I started with Hanks from the get-go, um, traded her out when she had COVID, um, didn't bring her back in this week because I thought her break-even was something like 86 um, and I wasn't expecting her to get anywhere because uh, obviously expecting COVID, she's going to be a bit of a downer week um, and she'll kind of decrease in value. So she did slightly um, and she has to be someone you have to bring in this week. Yep. Um, but um, it's kind of like you, what you um mentioned is you've got to chase that value. You can't sit on players in this league and, and hope they increase or decrease. If you find value, you've got to jump on it straight away. Yep. yep. No, definitely. Um, Josh, four rounds to go. Uh, what are your expectations till season end? Um, I'm hoping I'll get into the top 100, to be honest. I know it's sitting in third at the moment, but um, I'm hoping I can kind of hop, hold on to the top 100. Um, did hear rumours around about a hat. So... Would love yeah. to get an inaugural AFLW hat. Um, yeah. Besides that, I think, you know, it's a great season. I don't expect to be top three. If I am, fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I think the goal for me is, is lock down a hat, first of all. Yeah. Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Selby. Let's try and get those hats happening. Um, yeah. Lock down a hat and then anything from there as a bonus. So I mate, think- mate, have some ambition. You want five grand. Five <laughs> Let's, let's just play it down, you know. When, when I win the five grand, I'll be like, that's my plan the whole time I had it. But, you know, the expectations to top 100. You're a better yeah. man than then, me. If I was third, I'd be shouting from the rooftop saying, I'd, I'd be, I'd probably start putting things on lay-by. If, they, if, if stores still do lay-by, ready to spend the five grand. <laughs> nice, All right, nice. let's get to the review. Suns Cats. Suns Cats, yeah. What a game um, to start the round. Uh, I would love the fact that the the number one and number two draft picks went head to head. I thought that was really cool. And I don't know if you noticed delayed adjustment to Robottom score as well. Um, you thought Chris Marcus had her number and then Robottom um, had, had some late adjustments there. Uh, guys, what were your thoughts around um, uh, the Suns and Cats? Um, I think for me, probably what the uh, the big interesting one is, and, and you mentioned those two in particular, Prosparkus and Robottom. I think um, I would expect most of the competition would have looked to trade her out either last week or this week. But over the last two weeks, they're actually really starting to find their feet. Um, I think yep. they're averaging about mid-70s. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm probably happy with the price they're at. You're not going to find anyone else at that price range who are going to match it. Um, yep. So it's kind of... It, it's really just you know a decision whether you know you downgrade one to upgrade the other or do you keep both? Um, yep. They're probably the big two decisions for me this week. Is you know they've hit that golden patch of form. If they can keep it in, do you keep them for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean for me the 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 worry is I really want Mimi Hill, uh, and like I can't trade up Benicia, I can't trade a Hatchet, I can't trade any of the premiums. So if I want to get her, it's probably going to have to be through somebody like Robottom and. If I mean, my last few weeks have been forced trades, but I think that if I can get a luxury trade, Hill's probably going to outscore both of them for the rest of the year, and she's still cheaper. 
So yes, it's definitely a play to hold Robottom and or Presparkus, but I think that if you've got the trade there and you've got no one else to move on, then I still think that you're going to make points and make money you can put on top of someone else. Uh, three honourable mentions from this match, if you don't mind. Adrenaline was terrific with 108. Nina Morrison, 87. Uh, Nina's well-priced in, in the midst, but I'm not sure she has that consistency yet. But Hampson down back, you know, with a 76. Yes, she did score a goal, but uh, she was very involved. And uh, she's in the 30,000s, so mid 30,000s, if I'm not wrong, in defence. So, yeah. Hampson's a great call. She actually played on ball for most of the game. So, although she's listed as a defender, uh, she played, I mean, she played all around, but she definitely played probably, I'd say, 50% of CBAs. And the fact that she had a week of, uh, where she was given her average, uh, well, the, the Gold Coast had the week off. She's actually still quite good priced. So I think that if you need to do an upgrade in the back line, you can't get to Swanson. I quite like that option. I think a lot of people jumped off her as well. I, I know, so I do have Hampson um, okay. and I was considering getting rid of her this week because she had a pretty bad week last week and she wasn't yeah. in the midfield. Um, and then you, you're right, she did go back into the midfield this week, but at I think she's just done, she's going to be about 35,000 this week. She has to be in your defence. Yeah, yeah no, I think she's a great pick. Uh, one other thing I noticed was Stan tagged Amy McDonald. Now, I know Amy McDonald's not really a fantasy relevant player this year, um, but she did quite a good job. Amy's averaging in the 80s and Stanton kept her to 60-odd. Um, and I mean, it's still a respectable score, 60-odd, but she couldn't – I think she only had like maybe two kicks and 12 handballs or something like that. She couldn't get a mark. She couldn't do anything. It looks like uh, – I had one, well, one of the coaches interviewed during the game and he mentioned that Jamie Stanton's probably going to keep that lockdown role. So that might be something you want to look at when picking your captains. Um, next week might not be overly relevant. I think she's playing Brisbane. So uh, Dwight is probably the only premium. I don't think anyone has Bates. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that next week might not be a big deal, but definitely something to look at going forward because if she – you might want to keep an eye on that game. If she continues to tag and does it well, and she did it very well, uh, she kept McDonald right out of it. And one of the big reasons the Suns won, in my opinion, uh, I think that's something to look out for. All right, oh Tigers God. and North. That was there's a lot of relevant players in that game. Uh, Katie Brennan, she had a 74. I think that if you've got her, you're happy with it. She's I don't see her as a trade option. I think that she's going to be too inconsistent as a key forward. Um, she's not rolling through the middle as much as I expected her to. She pinch hits in the ruck and a little bit in the middle, but they need to forward too much. So I think that you take your 74 and those that were looking to trade her out last week, you probably hold her now, but yeah, I don't see her as a target. Uh, Ghana, she got 112. She was the highest scorer for the round, I believe. Is she an option? I started with Ghana, actually. She was my third primo I started with and really struggled early on. So I, I, I actually traded her after round one to O'Dwyer to chase that 106 like you did, Josh. Um, but she's now dropped a lot of cash. Do you think she's an option? Um, I think just looking at her stats, I think for me, what I'm wanting from a midfielder is so you have a look at, you know, your Hatchards, your Benichis, your Marinos. They all like a bit of a cuddle. And Garner only got five tackles this week. So I think for me... Her, she did take six marks, which was, you know, a little bit inflated and she did kick a goal. I think if you're expecting a low 90s average from Ghana, yes. Yeah. But I, I don't yeah. think she's one that's going to go 100 here on in. Yeah. 
Good call. Good what do you call. think? What do you think, Bernie? One hundred three and one twelve in the last two. You're right. I started with her as well and, and moved around after round one. Um, it, yeah, I completely agree with Josh. If if she can do eighty five to ninety five for the last four rounds, that's a pretty good return for that price. Um, What's she priced at? Do we know? I reckon on. she's priced probably in the eighties now, isn't she? Dana's sixty three and a half. So she'll be about, and she did decrease in value last week. Wow. So yeah. she's probably going to be about 60. Yeah. Her break even was 90. So she'd probably go at about 65,000 this week. Yeah. So I, I actually think she's a quite a good option. I know that you mentioned she needed a goal to get that score, but I think she's actually a Norse leading goal scorer. So although she's a midfielder, she always pushes forward. Uh, she's a really good two way runner. I think that she can kick a goal a game. Uh, and she does love to, she's actually quite a good contested mark as well. She's a really good inside midfielder. Um, I actually think she's a good option. I'm probably not going to do it because as Brandy knows, once they burnt me, I don't go back. Uh, but I do think she's a good option. Did you guys see any other plays in that game? Probably the big call out for me is Ferguson. So Ferguson was a cash cow. I'm pretty sure we all jumped on early on. Um, yep. I know I kind of jumped on it for about two or three rounds and jumped off at the perfect time. But the last couple of rounds, I think she's averaging about 20. So she's probably losing money now. So those who've kind of held on, hoping she gets back up to a 50 or 60 average to earn some cash would have suffered massively by now. You've held her, haven't you, Benny? Uh, I have, but she's been on the... Oh, sorry. This was the first week I moved her up to uh, to Lampard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, There you go. I thought you still had her. Yeah. um, Trade didn't work, obviously, because of the late withdrawal, but... um, yeah, uh, I felt it was the right time to move her on, and I think her last two uh, last two round scores reflect that as well. Yeah, so. uh, Kylie as well. She's got twenty five. Being Kylie, a lot of people held her, even though she had last week off, just because it was a, a late announcement. Um, and so I think that because of that, they held her again, just because she still had a bit of cash to make. Twenty five. Time to go. Definitely time to go. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Eliza West has sort of turned the tables in uh, those uh, 20,000 odd midfield players. And um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some good options there yeah. that you can yeah. sideways or down to. Obviously, Mimi Hill's there. We'll get to her. Uh, yeah. Just a couple of other mentions. Eddie, she got 55. So I was considering moving her on this week. Uh, now I'll probably hold. Uh, yeah. And Conti got 69. So. Again, if you're an owner, it is what it is. You're not going to trade that. Um, but Sam, as I said this last week, I don't think she's an option anymore. Uh, she's she definitely no. Nah, she's definitely if she tackled. Yeah, yeah. She's she's definitely priced at what she's going to do at best. I think uh, she will probably still have another ton or two in her. But uh, yeah, it just doesn't doesn't have that consistent ceiling because she lacks those titles. One uh, and... one player to to make note. Uh, sorry, Michael was Seymour uh, in. Um... In, in the ruck. So following cutting score, um, it just got my eye on a premium ruck that can give you some consistent scores. And uh, yeah, you know, pumping on 85 was, was quite impressive and gave me something to think about, something yeah. I didn't expect. Yeah. I just, on that, like, I mean, I've harped on about this, but I just don't think that with, we're never going to have a completed team. I just don't think that it's worth upgrading in the ruck. The, the ruckmen or the ruck women are, aren't they're just not consistent scorers right like with the way the game is played you know there's it's just there's a lot of kicking back and forth and i just don't see them getting yeah unlike the men's game i don't see them getting a lot of tackles i think that 
Uh, they're very much there to bring ball to ground. I just don't think they have much of a fantasy game about them. Yes, they're going to have the odd good score, but when looking at spending 30K for an upgrade, I'm just the Rockets the last place I'm doing it. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I agree. I think um, we'll obviously touch on cutting scores in a moment, but that Brisbane game was not any conditions for at all at all. Um, it was, you know, windy as, as, as anything. So I think for a Ruckman, I, I still expect cutting to go 50, 60 next week in good conditions. But yeah, same as you, Michael, just don't, I wouldn't be investing in Rucks. I, I'd rather invest that money into a midfielder and get more value from averaging a 50 midfielder to a 90 than you would going from a, a 30 Ruck to a 50 Ruck. Exactly. Nice. Nice. Uh, and the D's Giants, you touched on Eliza West, Boney. She was... Uh, absolutely amazing. So I reckon she maybe even got the three votes. Yeah, yeah. How 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 good, you know, to see her uh, produce pretty good fantasy scores, 82 points from her. Um, yeah, I'm glad I started with her and glad I held her. But Yeah, it, yeah. it's funny. I haven't had her score yet because she's a midfielder. Obviously, you've right. got Prasparkas and Roadbottom, and there's just too many. Yeah, I started with Kylie as well. Uh, yeah. And there's just been too many. But I, she's been in my utility spot. And this week, I, with all the forced trades, I traded, uh, I traded in Lampard, who was obviously a late withdrawal. And so I thought I was going to have a donut, but I'd actually forgotten about the utility spot. And my defender oh, was wow. Lucy Burke, who was omitted. So wow. due to a couple of good fortunes, I got <laughs> West's 82, which, which is probably more than what Lampard would have got. So very Amazing. fortunate there. And it's definitely helped my overall score this week. Kissed. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Yes, kissed. Yeah. Birch, yeah. 36. I know that you had her. Well, actually, I had her in my rolling. I know you said you think we we're going to finish the year with her, Bainey. Uh, do we trade or do we hold? It's one game, but Hampson has put a hand up in that price range as well. It's a luxury trade, I feel, at this stage. It would be nice to have seen uh, Lampard and, and what she would have uh, produced. Um, I, I might not think it with the back line as yet. Josh, your thoughts around that? Um, so I do have Birch as well, um, and I also have Hampson. Um, I think, um, Michael, you mentioned being kissed. I have been kissed with Lampard a couple of weeks now where I've been trying to find ways to bring her in for the last couple of weeks this was the week to bring her in and for whatever reason, I made a mistake and not brought her, brought her in, which ended up helping yeah. me massively. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's kind of hard on that back line. I think there are so many options, you know, at that price. I think at a start, absolutely you need Swanson. I think Swanson's the absolute must have, but besides that, you know, you've got your Hampson, your, your Birch, who I think should be top five for the rest of the year. Um, your Griders, your Slicers, you know, you've got so many people in that price range who are going to be pretty much averaging the same here on in. So in my opinion, if you've got them, it's pretty much a, unless you can afford an absolute luxury trade, you'd probably hold and upgrade elsewhere. Freo Blues, Josh, what'd you say? Freo Blues, so probably the big ones. So Bowers is back next week. Um, so look for her. I think the, probably the two big ones is O'Sullivan, who's obviously taken up all Bowers meeting uh, minutes. Um, and probably the underrated star that everyone will target this week, Mimi Hill. So backed up her 97 last week with an 89 this week. Um, I'm assuming everyone will bring her in this week. Um, they're probably the absolute two big ones. So O'Sullivan is an absolute must-have in your forward line. Mimi Hill is your perfect downgrade if you want to downgrade. And, and Jess, Jess Lowe backed up her good score with a five. So she's only field getter <laughs> off. 
Indeed, indeed. Saints Lions. Saints Lions. So the conditions were awful, to be honest. So probably don't take away too much from the score. Um, so obviously we've already discussed cutting, only getting 18. Um, but if you had an O'Dwyer, I think O'Dwyer's pretty much reached her average now and it's time yep. to go. Um, Bates is another one worth looking at. Um, I think it had a purple patch, but kind of started to go down a little bit. So not much value there. Um, Michael, you did mention you like someone from the Saints. Yes, Ella Friend. She debuted, I think, last week. She was in a lot. She's actually quite highly owned, but I think a lot of that is due to the autofield teams. She had a, uh, I reckon it was a 59, and she's a 19K forward. So I think she's a must-have if you don't have her. She's going to skyrocket in price. I don't think she's, she's not going to get 59 this week. Don't get me wrong. She's, she could, she's probably going to throw out at some 30s, but maybe even worse. But I think cash, you know, the, the downgrade options at the moment are really limited, and I, I think she's this week's must-have. Yeah, good, good call. Good call, Michael. And I think that, um, yeah, the, the Lions play a few matches in the space of, of like, is it 14 days or so? And, yeah, and four and 15 be, days. Yeah, uh, I won't be surprised if there's a couple of players rested or, or rotated through there. So, yeah, just keep an eye on that. Yep. All right. Uh, the Eagles Pies, uh, not a lot of relevance there, but Malloy, she was running through the middle for a lot of the game. I really liked her role. Uh, I, she got a 73, which is a bit less than what I thought it was going to be to the eye. She was everywhere. Um, I'm not sure because they've, they've been experimenting a bit, experimenting a bit, sorry, with Davey out. And I'm wondering if maybe she's going to take that role permanently because if she does, she's a great option at her price. Do you think that she's an option? Malloy may or may not be the person I reference at the start that I would be targeting uh, this week. Yes. So I think Malloy at her price, I think looking at her role, she, she was fantastic in the midfield. Um, oh, hold on. We're on a podcast. She was okay in the midfield. She probably wouldn't be someone I'd be looking at. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Bainy, anything that? Yes, I'm really happy to see Benici go um, to turn up at 107. That was that was fantastic. And uh, yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Lewis. 53 isn't great, but you know, at least it wasn't a, a bar. Oh, I think it's a great, great return on the, on her price. She was a very popular trade in this week, um, despite yep. a lot of people on Twitter thinking that they she was going to be unique for them. I think she was quite popular. Uh, yep. I think 53 is good for her price. She's She had a break even of like in the teens or something. So she's yep. very good. Uh, and Bainey, Crow's Dogs, what'd you say? Yeah, so really good um, uh, really good match to, to close the round. Crazy, crazy, uh, crazy match itself. But uh, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, you know, Hatch Up, once again, just under a ton, but you know, 94 is still a pretty good return. Many made her captain and yeah, good to see uh, uh, Hatch Out Scott Marinoff as a non-Marinoff owner. Um, any any thoughts, Josh, from that match? Uh, interesting match, I think. Um, so I brought in Lynch, um, who is flying under the radar, I think. I think she's a definitely a big target. So um, Bulldogs trying kids, they're the ones to watch, I think, for, for debutants. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we might let Josh go before we roll into our trade plans because uh, it matters who he trades in. It doesn't matter as much who we trade in. <laughs> we don't. We don't want. We don't want one, two, and four, and five hearing what he's got to say. So, Josh, thanks a lot. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, legends. And uh, hopefully, we can catch you again All soon. The best. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Hope you win it. Yeah. See ya. All right. Well, it was good to hear from somebody that um, actually knows how to fantasy. 
<laughs> I mean, I know you've got a hat, but yep. uh, our, at the moment, we're both sitting outside the top 100, so it's good to have a, co- a chat to a coach that knows what he's doing. Uh, we'll Indeed. just wrap up. Do you know what you're planning this week for trades? Yes, I might keep it vanilla. So like, uh, as Josh said, a, a dryer to a hill, and I'll try to find a way to get Hanks back in my team. Okay. Yourself? Yeah. Um, well, the three I'm looking at, I want to get Swanson back in. Uh, I really want to get Mimi Hill and I'd like to get Ella Friend. So yep. um, I, I'll just basically, yeah, I'm just going to, whoever's maxed out in price is probably who will get rid of and we'll play it from there. But I, I think I want to get rid of Ferris, who's been a bit disappointing. Uh, and I may get rid of O'Dwyer as well, presuming I don't have any forced trades. Yep. Uh, and one last thing to mention, we we broke it on last week's pod. Well, I should say Selby broke it, but this upcoming round seven is going to be the second and final Hobart Nissan bonus round. So $1,000 for the weekly winner. So yep. for you listeners out there, uh, I know you're not supposed to make a second team, but uh, if any of your mums or your dads or your brothers or your sisters or your pets have told you they're interested in making a fantasy team, this might be the week to help them out. Uh, yep. And and see how you can go. Bainey, if you, you think you're a chance or what? Uh, no, no I, I would love for you to tweet what a, uh, a wildcard team looks like, Michael, just for round seven, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, yeah, Have you got I any cash in the that. bank? Uh, not quite. Yeah. No, no cash? <laughs> no, but no. Um, yeah, we'll make some cash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. All right, it's good to have a chat with you, Bainey. Uh, I'm sure you'll see yeah. you again next week. Fantastic. Well, Thanks, fantastic. Mate. Take care and yeah, enjoy. enjoy the next you time. too. Good luck.